Listener Production. Hi, I'm Anthony Matafari, and I'm the lifestyle editor at Car Sales. For me, when I'm out on the road on a road trip with friends and family, you tend to have conversations you wouldn't usually have anywhere else. So I thought it'd be a good idea to head out on the road with some well-known Aussies to get to know them a little bit better. Let's meet today's guest. Wendell Saylor, thanks so much for having us along for the ride. Thanks very much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to it. So tell us, before we get going, what are we sitting in today? It's a Tuscan uh, Hyundai. And a Tucson? Yes. <laughs> So, I love a Tuscan. So Tucson, uh, Tucson, Tucson. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's all right. T- yeah. T- Tuscan. Yeah, so yeah, Tucson. Yeah. So I like Tuscan because it's kind of like we're in Tuscany. <laughs> it's a, you know, very Mediterranean. It's funny. I do like cars, but you know, like Anthony Maroon has told me that, that I need to get my pronunciations right on cars that I don't do sometimes. Obviously. What other cars have you mispronounced over there? Oh no, not many. <laughs> but I just sometimes if you know you get cars and sponsor cars, sometimes I just I, I love them. But sometimes I don't know uh, the brand sometimes, you know. So you're a car person then? No, I like cars, but yeah, I, I just like different cars. I, I don't, as long as it gives me from A to B. Oh, fantastic. Well, speaking of A to B, let's fire this beauty up yeah. and hit the road. The Tucson. Tucson. No, Tuscan. I think we'll all keep it that. <laughs> you're not going to let me live that down, are you? Uh, who am I to judge? No, no, who am I to not... judge? <laughs> Over the years, how many um, sponsor cars do you reckon you've had the pleasure or displeasure of driving? I reckon I have been lucky enough to have about probably 20 sponsorship cars. Oh, wow. From, you know, early days of the Broncos to, uh, you know, obviously the Rugby Union and then uh, even around uh, Triple M. What's been the highlight, do you reckon? Look, I think for me, uh, I've had like a BMW, but you know, I think anytime you get a sponsorship car it's and, you know, you have a good sponsor and I think it works, but one of the Broncos hold them really good because... Uh, you know, every 5,000 Ks or something, they'd give you uh, the terms of car over, you know, something they sell as a demo model or whatever. Did you treat these cars with uh, respect or did they have a bit of a misadventure along the way? Uh, look, sometimes I probably didn't treat the cars as, as nice as I probably should have. So I got myself into a little bit of trouble with the car sponsors sometimes. So um, you have to learn to respect the car a bit, otherwise I was going to uh, lose one or two <laughs> cars. And then they also don't do you favours. If you don't treat the cars nice, well... Um, and look after them, they're not going to look after you. What was your first car? Mate, it's, it's quite funny, but um, for some reason, we're sponsored by Ford, and I remember when I got my first contract, um, for some reason, I've always been a bit different. I saw this laser hatchback, mm. it was bright yellow, oh. and I looked like a peanut M&M in it. <laughs> and uh, I, I felt like a bit like Hightower from, um, you know, Police Academy. Oh. And I had that for a little while, and then I kept upgrading, so I reckon I would have wasted some, some money on cars. So you stood out, people knew when Wendell Saylor was coming by. Yeah, look, it's fair to say, but it was funny because, like, out of all the cars I could have bought from, like, Ford and that, like, you know, I think they had SR6s and all these other sports mm. ones, and I, I went with the laser hatch for some reason, you know? But it was probably my price range, too. I wasn't on a massive contract at the Broncos in the early days. Because when you started with the Broncos, how young were you? 18. So you straight out of school and straight yep. in? Yep, so straight out of school, um, lucky enough to get a one-year deal. Wasn't wasn't on much money, so I couldn't really afford much. So I was going to buy a second-hand car, and I was lucky enough to play first grade, so I bought a brand-new, um, yeah, laser hatch. So going straight to the Broncos, like, what was that like going from you finished school and you, all of a sudden you're in the NRL? 
Take me back to that time. What was that like? Oh, look, it was great. I think for me, growing up in North Queensland, so I grew up with Kathy Freeman. Oh, yeah. So we did athletics together. Oh, wow. Well, let's just say she was a bit better than me. <laughs> and uh, so the, the, we had a really good area of uh, sports people. Jeff Hugel's from up Mackay Serena region. And all I wanted to do was play uh, NRL. So all I wanted to do was play a bit of first grade because there was players that had come from there, um, like Dale Shearer and these, these legends. And, uh, you know, when you're watching TV and you're watching the Raiders and the Broncos and all this, all you want to do is, you know, play on one of those sides. So, um, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. It was like everything I thought had been the first year. I, I didn't expect to play much first grade. I just thought, you know, hopefully I'll play 21s in reserve grade and then the second year, hopefully, you know, I can work my way into the first grade squad. So you're growing up in far north Queensland? Uh, north Queensland. Just north so Queensland. About an hour and a half south of Whitsundays. Oh, nice. So the early beach, and that was my, my local uh, hangout. Oh, can't so, get better than that. Yeah, it was so good. So when I'd go home pre- uh, after the season with my mates, we'd go, yep, let's go. I'm back, uh, so-and-so, straight to early beach. It's, it's good, good places for uh, good vibes. R&R and destination, yeah. Uh, what were you like as a kid? Um... I was a bit of a free spirit. Oh. I talked a lot in school, a class and that. Like my teachers used to, on my report, go, go um, if Wendell applied himself more and talked less, uh, he could do so A, B and C, you know, he could get higher marks and this. So, I, mate, I went to school for a couple of reasons. Mm. Play sport, socialise and eat my lunch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I, not I didn't like school mm. or, or work. I, I, did, I just did enough just to get by. Like, I did listen whenever I wanted to. Yeah. But I just I just love talking to people. I just love talking. It was just like, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying I was the bad um, the bad egg, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. I got, I got got a few people into trouble here and there. So was sport your favourite subject, or was there yeah. something else that took no, you fancy? No, no sport. I, I just love sport. Like I, I enjoyed English. English was another good subject I enjoyed. When I was alright in English. I hated maths. Maths yeah. I was terrible at maths. But for me, PE I loved it. I lived for PE. That was my moment. Like. Because all the teams, you pick teams, and I'd always be one of the first ones picked. I'd be captain, so um, you know, I was like first thirteen captain. You know, I was, you know, in the cricket team, I was always in the first eleven and stuff, and then athletics. So that's what I wanted to do. Well, it's funny to look back all these years later, and they said Wendell talks too much. Now you get paid yeah. to talk. Yeah, is that a weird full circle moment? Well, it is, and that's what I think. This is perfect for me, radio, and obviously doing what I do with uh, podcasts and stuff because. It's a good story to tell because I remember one of my teachers in grade 10, Peter McGiffin, he was an absolute legend of a, a PE teacher. He was one of those PE teachers, really good looking guy. All the girls sort of liked him and he was just, <laughs> but he was, he's, he's, he's a man's man as well. Mm. And um, he said to me one day in grade 10, I remember he goes, mate, if you don't listen and apply yourself, he goes, mate, you're gonna amount to nothing. And then I said, sir, I don't need to listen. I said, all I'm gonna, so when I turn 18, I'm going to play for the Broncos. And he goes, oh, sure you will. So he, a couple of years ago, he saw me and he goes, remember that time I said to you in grade 10 that you'd amount to nothing? That you, you know? And I said, yeah, of course I do, sir. And he goes, oh, I want to say congratulations to you because you, you, you had a dream and you backed yourself. So not everyone's going to reach their goals or, or their dreams, but you've got to give people hope. And if you don't have hope, well, mate, what do you have? Do you think for you that's the main theme that runs is positivity and that optimism? Yeah, I, I think so. I think I've always been that way inclined, but I just think I know what I bring to a team, but also I just know what works for me as well. When I'm talking to Gus Warren and Drew Bolton, and Gus, is, Gus Warren's been really good for me too, you know, sometimes, you know, you talk about having a village and people that, that are going to bring you positivity and then when you're feeling down, they lift you up, but they're going to tell you what, not what you need to hear, but what you, what you, uh, what you have to hear. Mm. You know, I've had people around me that haven't had my best interests at heart. Um, I've made a few mistakes in my life, but the way I got back was I just, you cut that circle and you get people around you that, that are going to back you 
and they're going to make you happy. So I love going to work. I've got my dream job at the moment, but no, you know, you got to work hard at it. You know, it's, if you don't work hard at it, you know, there's someone else waiting to take your spot. Over the years, for you, what has been the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge, I think, for me is when I got myself into trouble situations, when I got suspended and stuff, I didn't know how to handle it because I just, I personally can take the hits, but then when my family and friends around me, mm. that was the hardest thing for me, that adversity. Like, I personally can handle it all right because it's about me, but when your wife and kids and, uh, you know, your friends get drawn into it, even my mum, you know, mm. I remember a couple of times media outlets were harassing my mum and stuff, and, you know, and I just, like, as a son, and my mum knows I'm no angel, but, you know, to put that pressure on your uh, your loved ones, it's it's tough. When you are a football player mm. and your your mind's in the game, and you get to the back end of a career, do you start thinking, what am I doing next? Or are there people there to kind of help you, or do you retire because you know you need to, or your body tells you it's time to retire, and then you have to just kind of yeah. figure out yourself? Good question. Because I, I think you know yourself when your body's had enough. I knew when it was time to retire because. I didn't have that top end speed. Obviously, I was getting a bit heavier, and there was younger players who were pushing me. And I'm thinking, you know what? I have one more year to go on my contract. But there was a guy, young guy called Jason Nightingale who was on the bench, and I'm just thinking, you know what? I've had my time now. I think, you know, I've got to retire and then let him uh, not take my spot, but he's going to run up my spot. And it's funny. So when I retired, the Dragons win the grand final. So <laughs> that was the right decision. And someone said, do you think if you would have stayed? You, they, you saw, I said, no, I don't think so, because even though the Dragons had a good team, I think what Nightingale brought was more than I could have brought. At my best, there's no doubt I could have done what he done, but when you're 33, 34, you're a little bit voluptuous. Yeah. I didn't have that top-end speed or that endurance. Uh, that's when I sort of knew it was time to go, and I didn't want to do another pre-season, because the pre-seasons, they're, they're the demons that really sort of you know get in your head, and they, they stay there for a long time. For the uninitiated in NRL, Pre-season, what goes on during that period of time, and what? Uh, pre-season, it's torture. It's like back when I came through, back in the nineties and two thousands, like you just got smashed for five or six days. It was like eight k runs. It was like, you know, the mountains. It was like uh, twelve four hundred meter runs, and then ball work, and then you know, and then, and then obviously when I came back from my time out of the game, then wrestling was implemented, and wrestling was hard too. Oh, wow. Like, so you you do your fitness, and then you'd have to wrestle the boys, and that, yeah. and, you know, it's it just. That's just football, but you did it, you loved it, and you, you, felt like, you felt like kings after it, you know? When you look back and what they put you through during pre-season and the season, pretty heavy and intense stuff, and you compare it to today, were you guys pushed too much? And does that affected you now? No, I don't think we'll push too much. I think we'll push the right way as in fitness and that, but I reckon the collisions now, they're harder. The game has gotten so much quicker and the players are so much more stronger now because they start doing weights at 15, 16. Yeah. So, look, I reckon there's going to be some problems with players. Obviously, head collisions, we've seen it. You know, James Graham, you know, has spoken about that. Mm. But I'm telling you now, our bodies weren't made to do what it's doing now, but you, you do it because you love footy, you yeah. know. And the love of footy, obviously, is translated from you to your sons. Mm. When they were growing up, was that something as a father you're like, I hope that they do what I like, you know, get a part of this because I love it so much? Or When both my sons played football and then obviously my daughter, she like played Oztag and that, yeah. all you want your kids to do is be happy. So I didn't tell them what to do, but because they've been around it so much, they all wanted to play and they and they were all very talented. But I was worried about for them because because of my profile and I, you know, mm. I obviously played in two codes. I worried about the pressure on them when they got a bit older. So one of them probably didn't go as, he went to under 20s and that, and then he didn't, 
Um, he didn't go as well as he would have liked to, and he felt that pressure. And obviously, Tristan, you know, he, he's done a really good job. He's just signed with the Broncos now, uh, pre-season trial and train, because he's had a tough couple of years. And then even my daughter, she just doesn't really want to play any sport now. Like, I sponsored yeah. their netball team for about five years. Oh, no. um, of course, when you have a daughter, like... the. They just they they can they can make you do anything you want. So <laughs> when she was nine or ten, she goes, "Hey, Dad, would you sponsor our netball team?" And I said, "Yeah, only sure." So I didn't sponsor them for five years, and and they're all such sweethearts, the girls. So they ended up calling uh, their team Dell's Angels. Oh, lovely! I know it was, it was funny. I'd go to train with them and stuff, and then they go, "Hey," um, the coach would go, "Hey, Dell, can you can you join?" And I said, "Yeah." So that's I think for me. That's the good thing of being a parent. Like that's the stuff that I tried to do with the kids, and then even with the boys at footy. If I went to the footy, I wouldn't try to join them in their training because it's their time. Unless you know, sometimes the coach would be Paul McGregor and um, his son. All our sons play together, and then sometimes we, you know, you, you do a pose and you do a bit of skills, and that was good. So um, I just, I just feel for, for whether it's uh, boys or girls, mm. when they're you know, mum and dad in this entertainment industry, or whether they've been a sport, mm. the pressure's on them. It's tough sometimes. So when the Sailor family go on a road trip, mm. what's that like? Take us to the... Oh, yeah. So when the Sailor family goes on a road trip, let's just say there's uh, there's a lot of snacks to be consumed. Oh, okay. uh, I've got... I love I love sweets. I love... I'm that guy. When I pull up at a service station, like my wife knows and my family knows, I cannot not walk into a shop and not buy something, whether it's some soft drink, ice creams, lollies. So how they got it set up is... that's It's for people like me. It's a kryptonite. Oh yeah, it's just yeah, I, and I you know you know I might grab some strawberries and then I'll grab some chewies and then I thought oh, you know I feel like a soft drink you know and then oh oh a packet of chips yeah you know someone will want those you yeah. know and then, but I know that I want them so then I yeah yeah. So you the driver or is your wife do the driving? Uh, I do I do most of the driving. Uh, sometimes I try and get out of it. I remember one year we went over to America because it was obviously left hand side drive. Uh, I know this is bad, and I just wanted to have breaks, so I didn't drive the whole trip. Oh, really? Yeah, we went from San Francisco to um, to LA, and then there's there's the road that um, uh, Big Sur and all that, mm. and I'm scared of heights. Okay, mate. So when we were driving, <laughs> gripping on for July. I'm gripping on like I'm gripping on, <laughs> and I actually. The kids couldn't believe it. Like, my daughter's going, Dad, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying not to look. And then we actually had to pull over, and I actually had to swap and go, go that side. Oh, what wow. about that? How brave am I? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm, I've always... That's my thing. I'm scared of heights, and that's, yeah, that's one of those things. And, and then I was blowing up at Tara. I was going... Why would you do this to me? Why, why would you come on this road? Couldn't have we went another way? And I didn't realise how how deep and how big it was. And there's no rails there either. It's just on the side of a cliff, isn't I know, it? That's yeah. what I mean. Uh, I can't believe, no disrespect, but I can't believe there's no rails there. Like, jeez. Well, if you were like that on that road, how were you like when you taught your kids to drive? Did you go, I'm going to teach them, or did you palm them off? Um, my daughter's still doing her learners and that, and I get a bit nervous, but I have to let her sort of go, because I try and give her advice, and, like, she just really, she just she just gives it to me, like, oh, man, when you have a daughter, I'm going to tell you, they're, they're the best, but then they can be the worst. So she puts me in my place all the time. But the boys are all right. Like, Tristan, yeah. Tristan was really good. Uh, he was... Attention to detail, he loved it. He's a good driver, um, yeah. Was there any memorable road trips as a kid? Because we grew up in a beautiful part of Australia. Was that road trips around? Or? We drove a lot. We didn't have a lot of money as a family, so, yeah, it was one of those things where we used to go to Cairns, because a lot of my family's from up there in Far North Queensland as well, so we'd go, you know, um, you know, Townsville, Cairns, um, 
and then up to the top end, you know. Uh, and then obviously uh, my dad was from the Thursday Islands, okay. so that was fun. But yeah, road trips were good. And then, but like I'm like every kid too. I'm gonna say, oh, you know, are, are, we, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, like like all kids yeah. do. Um, but yeah, I, but I love them. So post-football, you've got into you know, radio and a bit of TV. What was that like to change that mindset of every week playing footy and then being on the other side, potentially sometimes wearing a suit and all this kind of stuff for well, media? Yeah. How was that transition? Yeah, look, I think uh, for me, I've always enjoyed, enjoyed that side of it, so I knew what I was going to do when I finished playing football. You know, I'd always had deals with either Channel 9 or Fox or someone, so and I'd always do promos in and around TV and always take myself out of the comfort zone because I knew that's mm. what I'd always loved doing. I mean, I grew up watching Kerry and Kennelly and Bert Newton and oh, all yeah. those sort of people, you know, and I love TV, so, you know, TV and radio were sort of things that I wanted to do. And I just, I just knew I had to apply myself and just, I know I'm 48 now, but it's taken me a long time to, uh, to be myself. And that's why I think the strength of, I think, organisations, if they allow you to be yourself, that brings the best out in you. And I think sometimes I was in organisations where they didn't allow you to be yourself, which you're not being yourself. You know, I look at Andrew Johns now. He's more comfortable on radio than he is at TV, and TV plays a role. But, oh, like, sometimes I'll text him and I'll go, mate, what are you and Freddie? Like, you can just see they were laughing. And that's because yeah. we have that camaraderie. And um, I, I get that. That's like with Jude, you know, myself and Gus. You know, I, I've been with the boys for a couple of years now, but I've known Jude for over 20 years. I've known Gus for a while too now. They know when you're on and when you're not on, and, yeah. and we lift each other up. And that's what I like. That's that's what I I know what I want now, and I know what makes me better. So you say, you know, now you feel you can be yourself. What moments were you told to not be yourself, or what were those situations? Um, well, when I was at Fox, um, you know, because when I was speaking third person, I do it because of a couple of reasons. One, I get a reaction. Like I know when I when I first started doing it, when yeah. uh, when the twins were someone goes, oh, how's the Dell today? And then I said, oh, yeah, the Dell's feeling good today. And the boys are going, mate, like, you can't speak to that person. I said, the Dell can do whatever he wants, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I think about it, and I think, and I start loving myself because people know that I'm not serious, mm. but then even Laura Boucher, like, she's, you know, she's mm. obviously my boss, and she's really good. She allows me to be myself, and then sometimes you'd like this. I've got addictive personality, you know? Mm. I always want to have fun. So now, on our show... I'm not allowed to take my phone into the thing so oh, I can really? concentrate. So like one day last week, I was on my phone doing something. She comes in, she grabs my phone and she says, no phones in the studio, I told you. And I, was, I felt like a little boy. I was like, <laughs> and it's funny to think that like, she's only a little boost, you know? But that's, you know, it's like, she knows what makes me work my best because sometimes you do, you're looking at Instagram, you're looking at social media, you're getting yeah. back to people, you're, you're recording something, you're having a look at something. but. Without show, it's only two hours in there. It's attention to detail, and I, I know when I'm at my best. And when, when, I've, when we've had a good show, like you know, that's what we say to each other. Yeah, good show, boys. You know. So when I was doing some research about you before, you know, I hopped in your car. Yeah. A story came up online. I think it was from 2008, and I'd love to hear it from you. Mm. Apparently, you rescued some people from a car accident on a freeway. Is that? Oh my. Yeah, what was what's that about? I look, I don't. I don't really want to talk about it, but I will for you, mate. Oh, okay. Thank you, no, thank you. No, so I was so when I signed with the Dragons, I was still living at Bronte, yeah, and I was still commuting. Yeah, commuting. So I was driving home, and as I looked over, just on my peripheral, I just as I, this truck had actually clipped this car. Oh wow! And he didn't realise that he clipped because obviously, you know, the big rigs, and then he he overtook, and then he obviously clipped this car and then I saw the car, the car sort of spun like, hit the side and spun like twice oh, wow. and I'm just 
I just pull straight over, and then I'm thinking, someone's in big trouble here, mm. you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, hopefully no one's, you know, no one's died here. Yeah. But as I got there, there was a bloke who got there just before me, and he opened the front door to see if. Um, to see if the lady was all right, and it was a, it was an older lady, it was like a grandma, and it was her grandchild in the back. Oh. So I got in the back. The grandchild was still fine, but she was so shaken. Oh, so I picked up the grandchild, and the truck driver actually got to the top of the hill. Then he must have realised he's going, mate, I've clipped them. You know, I've, I've, there's an accident there. So he's come back, and then I got the baby, and then uh, yeah, emergency services sort of came, and then I just sort of um, you know, she said thank you, gave the baby to the uh, ambulance people, and then I jumped in the car and I just drove straight home and. And then, yeah, and then I didn't know anything about it. And then someone um, rung me and said, hey, someone said that they saw you in an accident. And I said, no, no, no. But there was already an article like on, online mm. there. So, yeah, it was, yeah, you know, the funny thing is now, I'm thinking about it, that baby now would be 15 years old, 14, 15 years old now, if you think about it. Wow. So, yeah. They were rescued by Dell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I think in the paper, in the Mercury, it said, saved by the Dell. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Has there been any other close shaves you've had over the years? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> look, I told you, I'm a bit of a scallywag. I, yeah. I, got, I got a bit lucky one time. Like, you know, one thing I, I learned through now is respect the road and respect the rules. Mm. Sometimes I've been impatient, you know, uh, on the roads. And I was going to go off one morning and some bloke cut me off. Oh, okay. And I wasn't happy about it. I said, mate, what are you doing? I said, I said pull over. Because I was blowing up and I was sort of shaking. Yeah. And I should have just let it go. Anyway, and I said, mate, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I should have just let it go. Anyway, sure enough. Uh, his mate started laughing as I got back in the car. No problems. And then, you know, I had a few words in that to him and that, but then, of course, they'd called uh, Queens and Reds and said, oh, no, Wendell Saylor, you know, he's carrying on a little bit and this uh, is what happened. And, uh, yeah, so I sort of learnt you just got to, on the road, just be patient, let it go. You don't have to rush to go places and, uh, yeah. Well, so far, this ride has been very calm and I mm. feel very meditative, if anything. Yeah, yeah, a bit right. of rain happening at the moment, so yeah, it's it it not right. Yeah. So do you have any meditation? Is it meditation or are you just kind of just, I'm older now, I know how to kind of keep it cool? Yeah, I just like music. I just like, I like having, it's, it's, it's my time. It's like I think in the car, you know. Mm. I don't listen to meditation music, but sometimes I just need to breathe and have my yeah. space. Uh, but I, I, I actually, I don't mind driving. Like, even when I go places, like I do a lot of country visits and I do a lot of those things, whether it's with Maroon or, or myself and, you know, I, I like driving. You know, someone said, oh, we'll get you a car. And they said, no, no, it's cool. I like driving. Because um, it's my sort of meditation. It's, what, you know, it's sort of, it's what I like doing. So if we weren't recording a podcast right now and we were on a road trip, what kind of music could we expect to play in the Dell's playlist? Oh, see, I, I'm a, I'm, I love my slow songs, my love ballads oh, and oh. Romantic and I love Adele and I love all this stuff, you know. Um, you know, a bit of Mariah Carey. I love my R&B. Yeah, all that stuff, mate. Yeah, I'm, see, it's fitting for me being in radio too because I love music sport and sport and music and entertainment I like that they all go hand in hand with me so I'm living I'm living my best life now like especially at Triple M like get to call the footy you know I've read children's playbooks for a listener and all that yeah. and it's pretty fun like so I'm doing things outside everyone knows that I played football because people go oh mate you're Wendell Sully, you played football uh, you played football no no I used to play football so yeah so we could expect in the next few years uh, Dell's love song dedications. Oh, up mate! Then. Well, sometimes I listen to Smooth FM because because you know, because of love songs <laughs> yeah, and all that, you know. And even concerts when I was younger, I used to go like to um, like you remember Bros? Oh yes. I used to go like them, and then I think one time me and a mate of mine take that. Oh yeah. So and even with rock music, I, I like rock music, mm. but like for me, like I love Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams is my favorite artist of all time. All right, Del. Um, yeah. When I got in your car today, mm. look around. Mm. It's m mostly neat, but I didn't notice that you had um, a footy in the back. 
What else could people expect to find in your car? Usually golf clubs. Um, I had to tie it up a bit, like because <laughs> like when I'm on the road and that, I'm like I'm not messy, but um, sometimes I can get a little bit lazy and a bit like scrappy, so I had to give it a bit of a clean. Um, Sometimes training clothes, my boxing gloves, oh, yeah. uh, my boxing gloves. But I've always got to take because I've done it before where I've left training clothes in here, and that's not good for the car. <laughs> um, you know, when I'm travelling a fair bit too, like sometimes I can get a little bit lazy and let yeah. clothes pile up. And like, you know, my wife said, "Are you, are you kidding? How do you not?" take your clothes out of your car <laughs> and then it's funny because I think I passed that trait down to Tristan because Tristan's like that too and Matisse has done the same thing my daughter like so well I'm very thankful it doesn't smell bad today yeah. there's a nice fragrance yeah that's just me um, but <laughs> also um, usually you find snacks in here I usually yeah. have some snacks what, what, what's the go to snacks oh, snakes snakes yeah I love snakes Alan's, you know, when they make the snakes, I just wish one time they'd just, you know, like the red frogs, mm. and they just make red snakes. I swear that there was a yeah. bag you could just get red snakes. Yeah, 100%. I swear, I remember you. that. But they're too smart. They yeah. know that everyone loves their red snakes, so, yeah. Did you yeah, go to yeah. the green ones and the yellow ones and the other ones? Yeah, I, man, I'll, I'll eat any of them. Um, Is there seed? Do we have CDs in the glove box? No, or? no, 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 none of that. Well, yeah, it's because you know, obviously the music's changed so much now, you know. It's, I mean, but I used to be back in those days. I used to have like the R and B hits, and then like you know Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston, oh, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's a couple of coffee cups. Are you a big yeah. coffee drinker? I wouldn't say I'm a big coffee drinker, but I like starting my day with coffee. It's funny that you, you say this because. At Triple and they don't allow me to do it. Sometimes, you know the big coffees? Yeah. Sometimes when Gus and Drew go get coffees and that, Drew goes, you want a coffee? I said, yeah, four shots, two sugars. He what? goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, no, mate, I'm getting you three shots, two sugars. So it's a bit of folklore too because I've got an addictive personality and sometimes if I want, like, a strong coffee and the boys go, mate, I'm not getting you four shots. So people have sort of said to me, mate, why do you have four shots, uh, you know, in, in your coffee? And I said, I don't know. I said, well, just put three in there. People don't feel about having four shots. You're doing backflips off the wall. Is that but what I, happens at the nah, rush hour? I've got energy. No, I've got energy anyway. I've got energy anyway. But just sometimes I just like, I just like it. So I might have a coffee in the morning, and then sometimes in about lunchtime, one o'clock, I just think, oh, I just feel like it. Yeah, because I'm addicted to sugar too. I, I've, I've got an addictive personality, as I said. Like, mm. I love sugar. I love sweets. Yeah. Post rugby, you've um, mm. become an ambassador for a few causes. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, look, I think for me, um, Are You OK is something that is close to my heart, and I do a bit of stuff with Gotcha for Life too. So Are You OK, my mate was um, Gav Luck, and he was one of the co-founders. So when I was younger and playing footy and that too, I've had a couple of mates who have committed suicide. Um, one of them, when I was at the Queensland Rugby Union after the World Cup, there's in a three, uh, a young fullback, uh, committed suicide. Oh. And then I've had friends who have gone through depression. And as a kid, I went through... Um, my own stuff, you know, like I was adopted, I went through a bit of racism and that, so, and I, I got bullied at school. Yeah. So for me, it's telling my story, but also, I just think, you know, a conversation can change your life, but also, if people know that what you've gone through stuff, maybe that can help them, and I know it's helped me, because if you don't talk about stuff, you know, just even in the last couple of months, yeah. um, I've lost two mates, one fifty, one forty nine, obviously Paul Green recently, and then another mate of Thailand. Um, to uh, to suicide, mm. so that's close to my heart. And obviously, do some stuff with Gotcha for Life. Uh, you know, Gussie's got us on board there, and and it's you know about that mental fitness. And then I just I try and do a lot of the indigenous programs. I try mm. and give back, and I try and just with my profile and what I've done. Even when I went through a tough time, there was organisations who backed me. Uh, you know, kids who have you know come from broken homes and been adopted. Um, I used to work with those kids, and I still you know get requests. And if I can, I, I do it because. I know myself uh, how it helped me, and to talk about it, and and um, you know have those conversations, and it's great. 
And how are you going now? Are you in a better state or are you still... Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. No, I, I, I actually, I get counselling every couple of weeks because the last two years have been, been quite difficult for me. Um, my mum passed away two and a half years ago. Um, you know, I've obviously had a couple mm. of mates and then obviously my son went through a bit of stuff and so, and I just felt like being a man and being who I am, I can just handle it. Yeah. But it's, it's not that way. It's like my analogy of, and my doctor said to me, my analogy of it was... You know, it's like I've been on the dirt road for the last couple of years and now I'm on the freeway and I've, you know, I, I know what I've got to do and I'm, I'm in cruise control. So you know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So that's why the last couple of months has been really good. Like, um, and I've had a lot of really good support through friends and family, but also I think it worked too. It's important that if you let your friends and family know, even your work colleagues, yeah. they can help. Well, it brings me to my last question. Yeah. Road trips you know, full of twists and turns, ups and downs, much like life. How would you describe your life in, you know, in terms of a road trip? That's a good one. Um, I would say sometimes rocky. Like, hasn't always been smooth in cruise control um, with me. Um, there's been some rocky parts uh, to my life, but there's no regrets um, because I think you learn a lot about yourself over the years. As I said, like, I can't believe I'm 48 now and... You know, there's some things that you'd like to change, but you can't change, and that's just that's you just got to deal with it, and you got to you got to you got to punch on. Wendell Saylor, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having us along for the ride. And thank you very much, mate. It was great, mate. Along for the ride is a listener and car sales production, hosted by me, Anthony Matafari. Producer is Kelsey Menzies. Audio by Kelly Fulston, and executive producer is Todd Stevens. Listener.